Welcome to the Nicholas Natale Show. Today, our guest is Jonathan Wayne Freeman. He's a comedian, internet personality, and above all, an absolute shredder. The people are calling him Surf Culture's family man, and they couldn't be more right. He's amassed a following of nearly 60,000 on Instagram in just a year and a half and creates comedic videos about surf culture that leave you hollering. He's got an amazing mustache, and frankly, he's just a stud. This week's riddle, what has wheels and flies, but it's not an aircraft? I'll reveal at the end of the episode. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review for a chance to be the reviewer of the week. Show your support by snagging some dank merch from nicholasnatalie.com slash shop and go to youtube.com slash nicholasnatalie for new videos every Monday. I am the host and you are the listener and here's the podcast. Hello and welcome. This is the Nicholas Natalie Show. I am your host, Nicholas Natalie. Today we have a very special guest, Jonathan Freeman. Jonathan, John, how are you doing? Season's greetings. Season's greetings to you. Uh, coming live from the Suburban, dude. How are you doing? Is it cold at night? Do you have warm blankets? What's happening? Wow. The the Suburban gets really hot when the engine is on, like, at all. And the metal on the bottom of the floorboard is super thin. So it just, it, it's a self-heating environment. Just cranks super hot. So I'm toasty, you know? I'm chilling. Well, I, I don't want to sound like a jerk, but I'm I am in a home, uh, and I <laughs> I only live here because I married well. Had I not married mm. the woman I married, I I too might be sharing that suburban with you. Maybe you could give me the front half, you could have the back half, but I'd I'd be there with you. Funny enough, I lived with a dude for eight months, and we did that. We did exactly that. So he moved out. How There's is he room, now? man. How is he now? He survives. He's doing, he's on his feet. Survived. Yeah. You guys learned a lot about each other. That's a that's a wonderful story. That's beautiful. Yeah, we learned a lot about each other's sleeping habits too. So it was, you know, all and of And your smells, just... the your musks, your different musks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Life. The man Life musk. In the suburban. The man musk. There was um one incident. I'll give you a quick little little story before we dive into it where, you know, we're at the gym cuz that's where you shower. Right. That's just how that's how you do things. And we both forgot our shower shoes on the same day. It's just what happened to be. And we gave each other the eye of like, you know what? We're going to send it on this one. So we bare boned it. And the very next day, we both got athlete's foot. <laughs> and oh, boy. it was the worst experience. Wait, so Probably, what, what year is your Suburban? It's a 1986. Fabulous. So. Congrats to you for not going for the Sprinter van or even a basic van, but changing it up and getting a Suburban, not only a Suburban, a 1986, and choosing to live in it. I, that's amazing, dude. I'm stoked for you. Thank you. Really sticking it to those $60,000 Sprinters. I'm not going to lie. I'm jealous, but you know, you know, it started as a joke and, and it turns out the Sprinter community is very serious. And the more they push back, <laughs> the more I push back. So I don't know what. It, stay strong. Stay try strong it, for all of us. Try it. Try it. All right. All right. First question. We're talking surfer etiquette. And this one means a lot to me because my surfer career started two years ago. I never got the talk. You know, I asked friends, what's the etiquette? They never they never gave it to me. I just had to learn the ropes a little bit on my own. What does it mean to have proper surfer etiquette? First off, don't don't be uh, don't be mad at yourself. Don't beat yourself up. That's common. A lot of us don't get to talk. Surfing is weird, and it's filled with all these all these rules that are kind of unspoken, and and you, you sort of find out about them when people yell at you 
in the water or mm-hmm. say stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, basic surfer etiquette is kind of like, it's kind of like anything. Just be aware of your surroundings. Um, mm-hmm. Know who's best in the water. Know that you don't have mm-hmm. the same level of ability and that it's going to take time to work your way up the pecking order and that there's some spots you're just not going to get waves at. You know, if you're a beginner, you should probably go to a beach break where nobody's at and just mm-hmm. practice, you know? Mm-hmm. And as you get better, you sort of work in and at the end of the day, it's all, it's all kind of like playing on the playground and it's just adults behaving badly sometimes. <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much it. It's all nonsense. Surfing is ridiculous and it's super, super fun. And some people take it way too seriously. But yeah, as far as etiquette goes, um, you can go to you can go to a uh, like get surf lessons. And some of them are mm-hmm. clowns. They shouldn't be teaching surf lessons to begin with. So you're not going to learn mm-hmm. etiquette. But the best way to learn etiquette, I found, is to just be honest and talk to somebody. Like if you see a good surfer, be like, "Yo, I'm new at this. What's the rules?" And if they're not yeah. a total jerk. They're going to tell you. And uh, that's how it is, man. Just ask questions, ask good questions, and you'll be fine. Yeah. That's good to know because the only poor experience I feel like I've had thus far is I went to Black Speech and I was just in awe of this old ripper, so to say. Sure. Maybe mid 50s. He was like, you know, when you paddle out and then you just turn into a wave and you catch it and you paddle and you just go right in the next one. And I was just in love with this man. And next thing I know, I'm on a wave with him. He cuts me off and I, uh, you know, I fold in half. And I was like, is that on, was that, that's me then. It has to be my fault, right? I, it's just one of those things that I feel like I need to start asking those questions. Yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, uh, if you ask better questions in any avenue of life, you're going to do better. I had this talk with one of my sons today. He's seven. And he asked a really good question. And I said, this is how you succeed. I said, if you want to make $10 million, find somebody that's made $10 million. Start asking them good questions. If you want to do anything in life, the quality of your questions is going to help you get where you want to go, I think. Yeah, Yeah. I 100% agree. And I think the mentorship aspect you're talking about is crucial. And I often under value how beneficial it is to have someone to ask those questions to yeah and i mean like like listen we talked a little bit before um before we started this you come from the desert like Mm -hmm. you have a totally different experience growing up i lived kind of close to the ocean you lived far from the ocean so you're getting into this at a different point in life and you don't know all the little weird stuff that goes on just like if i was in the desert I don't know a lot of the stuff. I don't know the code of the desert. I might end up in a meth lab with my hands up because I said the wrong thing. I don't know. That. Could happen to any of us up there. I'm going to be honest. Happen to anybody out there. <laughs> That's right. All right. Lower, lower trestles. That seems like a spot that you like to hit up. And <laughs> there's, a, there's a surf sign there that says the closest to the curl has the right of way. Now I want to know, is that the truth? Is that sign giving me lies or what have you, what have you? It's not, it's not about? giving you lies, but at lower trestles, the takeoff spot is so small that literally mm-hmm. you're shoulder to shoulder with one other person 
And that's the takeoff spot. And it goes right and it goes left. And there's a lot of people out there, right? So technically, yeah. yes, that is true. Whoever's closest to the curl has the right away, but that is a very tight lineup with a lot of very, very good surfers. So it's hard to get waves. Um, I prefer to go out there and just watch people, you know, mm -hmm. but the sign, the sign is put there for a reason. It's because people got into arguments <laughs> and yeah. uh, outside of like getting a lawyer involved, the only thing you can, can really do is put up a sign and hope people listen, you know? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, so go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask, do you think some of that argument and like argumentative part of surf culture, do you think that still is like from some of the older surf culture that had more rebellion in it? Absolutely. Yeah, I think it, um, and it still exists some places. If you're, for instance, surfing in another country or certain parts of the United States where it's going to take a police officer an hour to mm -hmm. respond and there's no one mm -hmm. around, you can still get punched in the nose, maybe choked out. And there's a real element of like, I better mind my P's and Q's. Um, yeah. But in the crowded places where there's a police officer that's away, you know, five minutes away and there's witnesses everywhere, um, that stuff doesn't really fly. So, yeah, I don't know. Take it for what it's worth. Like, it's a different day and age we're living in. But certain places, like, uh, they'll still do it. They, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, and when the cop shows up, it's probably somebody's cousin or uncle, and they're going to look at you and just mm -hmm. laugh. Like, <laughs> so respect yeah. in any avenue of life goes uh, a zillion miles. Just be nice, smile. If you make a mistake, acknowledge it. And, uh, you'd be surprised, man. I've had times in other countries where I was, talk to everybody. Is this okay? Be nice. Can I paddle out here? Stay away from mm -hmm. the peak. And then before you know it, they're like, come on over. We're best friends. Let's go surf together. Let's, let's go take you out to the clubs or whatever. Just don't be a dick, man. It's a selfish sport, but you don't have to always uh, be selfish. You know, smile. Who did other people's waves? Be happy. Yeah. It changes an entire lineup if you just have the right attitude you know yeah or would you say that a good rule of thumb or one of the ways to make surfing a non-selfish sport is finding the people that have the home break so to say and say what's going on around here first what do i really need to know? what's the real lowdown or the I, other honest, ways that honestly it's, it sounds ridiculous but nobody does that like if yeah. you if you rolled up to like the crustiest local and you're like, I'm from Victorville. I fell in love with the surfing thing. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be a kook and I want to get better at surfing. And it's not something I'm going to stop. I'm going to keep doing this the rest of my life. And you tell them mm -hmm. that I feel in my heart that even the crustiest local is going to be like, Pfft. all right, dude, I respect that. Here's what you got to do. And you know why they're going to yeah. respect you? Because nobody does that. Because as yeah. men in particular, our egos or our fears or whatever, they're all kind of, uh, it's hard for us to be honest. But if you're just honest with somebody, um, dude, that goes, that goes so far. So yeah, I would say, yeah, 
It's a good move. What would you Haven't say? you seen North Shore, Which... bro? Rick Kane was from Arizona. When he came in hard I... from the pool, the hooey beat him down. But when he learned respect, then made it into the pipe, Pipeline Masters. Oof. Got second place. Those are the, it's the lessons we hold on to right yeah. there. Take them home. Take them home. What part of surf culture do you think needs the most improvement? What we were just talking about. Just, Got it. It's just, just communication in general of what's the, going on. The same in all walks of life. Like when people become adults, um, the ego, man, the pride, the the attitude, the everything. Like we're only here for a minute. This should be fun. This should be. This is a recreational pursuit that makes us feel good and improves our overall health. Like we shouldn't be out there all aggro. Certain spots are dangerous and mm-hmm. people shouldn't be out there. And I think in those circumstances, it's okay to regulate a little bit, but everyday yeah. basic like sort of thing, like etiquette is important, but also, mm-hmm. you know, respect. If you put those two together, it's going to uh, make a, a better life for everyone. And it's not, it's not getting any less crowded, you know, especially That's with wave sure. pools coming. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Every time I'm out there, I'm intimidated by how crowded the lineup is. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Well, where do you go? Right. Like what kind of spots do you go to? You don't uh, have to name them, but do you go to like well-known spots? Mm, I don't always try to go to the well-known spots. I try to go to the spots where it's clear as day and I can look like a fool. Yes. With a couple yes. of my friends. <laughs> yes, as you should. And I will tell you many of those because I am a fool as well. And I know all the little spots where there's nobody around. Dead serious. And that's that's like, I don't know. I feel like guys that really rip, that are super good at surfing, there are two types. They either want everybody else to see them ripping. So they go mm-hmm. to the spots where the cameras are, where the people are. They do their turns. They kill it. And then there's guys that kill it at surfing that don't want anybody to see them. And those are the yeah. best kind of dudes because you'll be driving somewhere like way up north, way mm. up north. And you'll pull over on the side of the road and you'll see some lone soldier out there. And he's killing it, just ripping yeah. at surfing and there's nobody around. And it's like he's in a novel, like he's a character from a book. You're like, is this guy for real? And there's like sharks and he's out by himself and he rips. So two different types of people crazy those are the guys that are putting in the work too you know like they're doing it because they love it you know there's nothing there's nothing better than the feeling of catching a wave like this is this is what they breathe this is or or they're just trying to get away from their family or (laughs) whatever's going on in their life yeah that sucks and they're this is their place where they get to not think about all the bullshit on land like taxes bills death like whatever they're just out there by themselves and that's their moment and that's the sickest that's pure you know it's not it's not lowers sorry lowers <laughs> we need it's we peaceful. need we need 50 more lowers like break yeah and then we'd be we'd be all right then we'd be chilling do you feel confident that you could be that guy that lone soldier out there in my ocean? dreams yeah, no. I'm, I'm afraid to go by myself. I'm afraid too. I've I've been uh I was on when we were filming for <laughs> for Surfer Magazine, the Ultra Core Surf Hour. 
we were up like like way north and i saw a dude out on a huge day by himself and i was like Mm -hmm. that's the raddest thing i've i've ever seen and in the same breath i'm like that's never gonna be me but like (laughs) if i was writing myself into a novel or a story that would be me like the guy that wakes up before the sun comes up has his coffee has a flannel and a beanie on gets in his old truck has like a an eight, six gun that he's just, he's seen some things with and he paddles out alone and like, he's seen white sharks, but the white sharks see him and they're like, I respect you. So they leave him alone. And then he just drops into some mega bombs and he's on his own. He's like a maverick. If anything happens, you know, he's, he almost drowns. There's no one there to help him. You know, that kind of thing. It's not me, but like, it's, it's my alter ego that I wish was me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He's that guy that's just at peace with it, though. You know? Peace like, with he, it. He's very, very w- well aware of the risks. And he's if, like, I know. <laughs> if Mother Ocean takes me today, it's my time. I'm, I was meant to be swallowed. I was, I was meant to be swallowed. Hey, by the way, did you see those ladies in the kayak that got swallowed by the whale? No. What? Oh, whoa. What? Whoa. Whoa. Hit me with that. I'm not sure if you're a religious man, but do you remember Jonah and the whale? Yeah. All right. So you're like a little kid and you're like, can a whale swallow a person? You're like, "Eh, I guess it could happen, but you're kind of like thinking about it. There's a video I'll send you. It was on Kook of the Day, by the way. And uh, it was up north. I won't say where, Mm -hmm. but there was all these people watching these whales, right? In a bait Mm -hmm. bait ball. So like the whales are eating. And this whale just comes up and just swallows the kayak and two women. Yeah, they lived. They lived. It regurgitated them or something, but it's amazing. Three days later or something? No, I I wish it was three days later because that would give me hope in the Old Testament. But no, it was like 30 seconds, not even 30 seconds, five seconds later. The fact they survived is crazy enough. It's amazing. Like, and they had GoPros. There were two views. They had GoPros no. as it happened. And then there were people off like the pier or another kayak that filmed it. Wow. And the yeah, whale I was just like, hey, photo. this is where the fish were. I don't think it was trying to. Yeah, no. But they're so massive. And it just kind of puts in also perspective how small we are compared to the ocean every time we get in there. It's true. And, and if that... you if you were a whale, you wouldn't choose middle-aged woman as your, your food oh, of choice. Snack. Never. No. Yeah, you know I got plenty of things to snack on. I got the whole ocean here. The whole ocean. This, this woman. You don't need. Yeah. You don't need a lady going through menopause. That's not part of your diet. No, it's yucky. It's not yeah. yucky, yucky. Speaking of Surfer Mag, since you brought it up a little bit, let's chat. Let's chat about Surfer Mag. Yeah. I want to know what it feels like when Peter Terrace hits you up, and he's like, "It's I'm just this is how I'm envisioning it. It's you and him in a room, sitting at a table in front of execs." And he's like, "This is it. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna build a series around John Freeman." Yeah. What's going through your mind? It's funny you said that because it was actually a big table that they have, and there's like mm-hmm. all these different magazines are owned by this company, and Surfer's one of them, and they have a they have a big big table, and uh, they called me in and. They sat me down and I was super nervous. I brought beers, brought a bunch of beers and they were like, oh, that's really cool. You brought beers. And, and 
this guy goes like this. This guy at the table goes, oh, so who are you? And he had a phone. Yeah. And I told him and he like looks up my Instagram and like as if he's never like he like came into the meeting like he's like, who's, who's this guy? And he does it in Let front catch of up me. real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, he plays something to me and he laughed. And I was like, ah, oh, that's good. He laughed. And then, um, yeah, surreal. I was just stoked. I was like, I grew up reading Surfer and I love that magazine. And to be able to do something with them. And we had no idea what we were doing. Peter was just like, real nice guy, creative guy, knew him from his photos and, you know, working at different magazines and he were this similar age and we have both have young kids and he just thought what I was doing was funny. Um, and they bought it. They're like, yeah, okay. All right, do it. And I'm like, all right. But now of course I'm like, maybe they gave it the thumbs up because maybe they knew like surfer was, maybe they were just like giving the thumbs up to anything, but I don't care. I'll take it. I'll take Dude, it. you got Surfer Mag. Yeah, I slid no, in there at the last your name. It's all right. It's all right. But they were awesome. I, They're all great people, dude. Todd Perdonovich. Um, they were all just incredibly generous and sweet to me, and it gave me the greatest memories ever. That's fantastic. I almost think about what if he chose a different video, and you got a hmm instead of a chuckle. It was like, what if it was truly like one of those? It had to happen, meant to be things, you know, which is which is incredible. On the flip side, this series feels like it's it's a long time coming from what I've heard you talk about and other things about how, you know, entertainment was always part of your blood, part of your personality. Then comes along this and you are the guy. You are the spokesperson for this entire series. Have you have you processed that part of it? The full fun main host experience i loved it i would do that all day every day it's what i'm trying to do right now like if somebody gave me a microphone and just the man on the street stuff going around like that is what i want i love it it's it's so fun it's so easy i love people so doing that i feel like is uh what i'm best at i make these little dumb videos but i feel like the actual going out meeting people I mean, that kind of stuff is what I'm, I'm really good at. So yeah, hopefully in the future, like, I don't know, I've talked with different people. Like I met all these filmers, right. Doing that show. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe we'll just do a YouTube version and I can say all the stuff like I, w I wanted to say that I couldn't say, or, you know what I mean? Or just do it however I want to do it, which is kind of the stuff I like, you know? Because when we were doing it with Surfer, like it still has to kind of be edited and approved. You can't say certain things because, you know, sponsors and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know, man. That's my dream, dude. California, city to city, just talking. To, I'd be like, hey, there's a guy over there living in a van. Oh, wait, that's yeah. not a van. That's an 86 Suburban. Let's see what his story is. He's from Victorville. What? Why is he in La Jolla? Hi. And then we get the whole scoop. Be insane. I love it. So you're you're looking to be a more of a free range chicken. That's what you want. That's that's Dude. very interesting because you're already making content that's free range. So what what does it look like? What's next level for you? Okay, I I'm gonna tell you this right now. Like you never right, you never know what's gonna happen in your life. And yeah. 
my greatest like advice for anybody is that you should follow your gut and go with your heart and lean into your strengths, what you're best at. Because the second I stopped caring what my parents thought, what, and, and I still care what they think, but I mean, reasonably, like, I was just like, this is me, you know, this is who I am. What my parents thought, what my work thought, what the church thought that I grew up in, like, and I was just like, you know what? I know what my heart is. I'm a good human and I love, mm -hmm. I love people. I'm not a bad guy and I'm just going to do what I want and be who I am. That's when things started to happen. And then by putting yourself out there and putting out content that you think is funny and, and putting out things that people are always thinking about in their heads anyways, it will open doors that you could never imagine. It's crazy, dude. Like this has been a year and a half since Kook of the Day first put me on their site. And I've got mm -hmm. to do so many incredible things. In what? 18 months? It's Wild. nuts. And it's like, it's just starting. Yeah. You know, it's killer. And in the beginning, you know, like you, you have a lot of self-doubt. Like you're like, ah, oh, this... I'm not good or this is stupid, but you're just like, and then if you read comments of haters, Oof. Oof. these little, these little demons that try to jab you, <laughs> yeah, it's all like a test, dude. But if you just stay the course and you're like, you know what? People are going to see who you really are. They're going to see that you really enjoy what you're doing and you dig it. Like it's going to work out. So yeah, man. Like, what do you want to do? What do I want to do? Yeah. I have a question for you that I'm going to put in the back of my mind after I question, after I answer this. Don't let me forget. He's avoiding it. Um, All right. No, no, no. What I want to do is I want to keep doing the podcast, but I also want to end up doing similar to you. Like I want to be a talk show host, but also have enough free range to be able to maybe make a short film, you know, maybe make some more mainstream comedies where I can possibly write and act in. You can so, do that. You can do that. You are in, you think of all the different times in history you could have been born but you were born right now and we're yeah. communicating to each other like this you have access to all the stuff that people previously didn't have there's no gatekeepers if you put out content that people are responding to you're good and if they don't respond to it if they hate it you tweak it you change it yeah and you keep going towards that goal you will see Great things happen. Dude, I believe that. That's true, man. That's awesome. Refinement. Refining everything. Along Refining, dude, which I don't do enough of. Like, I am... Mm. Mm. But I also think that's sort of the appeal. Like, it, people tell can tell I'm super impulsive. My wife's always like, dude... It's not just my wife. I've had multiple people be like, just put a little bit of thought. <laughs> and I'm always like... That's the flavor, babe. Yeah, Come it's on. the fun. I like to see it. Like I like to like do something quickly and then like see what happens. But that's what editors are for. If you have a good editor, you can just spit off a bunch yeah. of stuff. And if they have a good eye, a good ear, and a good sense of humor, then you're like, you may They'll take look. the funny stuff and make you even funnier. Exactly. <laughs> that's you need to find the good editors. That's where the magic I it's interesting you say talk about the impulse too, because maybe you're like me in this sense of if I have an idea, I better get it out quick. 
you know, like I, I better act on this and make it quick or else, you know, I might, it might go, you know, it might be gone before the end of the day. If we, the greatest ideas I've ever had are they're somewhere. And then I keep, I dude, I have a ton of stuff in my phone that yeah. I think some of it, probably 95% of it's terrible, but I think mm-hmm. there's some gems in there. Like for years, like, like anytime you think there's a good thing, you take a note or you yeah. write it down. Yeah. But yeah, I'm the same way for sure. Here's my question that I wanted to ask. When you, I'm not going to, maybe it wasn't a decision in this moment. I'm like this from here on out. But when you made this change of like, I, this is who I am. This is how I'm going to do things. This is how I'm going to live. Was there a specific life event that triggered that or what stirred the change? Yeah, there was a hundred percent. Um, the, the avenue I was pursuing like professionally, I think I was doing for all the wrong reasons and I wasn't even that good at it. Yeah. And it was actually uh, a church. It was a church thing. It was a religious thing. I called the pastor of my church, who's the head of like a giant, what we would call a mega church. Um, actually I didn't call him because I didn't have his number. I called the secretary of the church and I said, how much does he get paid? And Uh she wouldn't tell me. And he then called me and like chastised me and was like, why would you call and ask blah, blah, blah. And he looked up how much I had given to the church and like just reamed me. And that was like a house of cards that just went and like fell down. And I was like, Oh man, this is just like a business dude. Like, and then that set off all these things, um, things I was afraid to ever think about. And then I just realized being a paramedic also and being around death. I was like, yeah, this is too short. Like, I, I know what I am. I knew what I was when I was 13. I knew what I loved to do. And I, I knew what I was good at. And I was like, what are you doing, man? Like you're trying to fit into a uh, idea of what you think you should be. And that's not who you are. And that's yeah. okay. Like it's fine. And the second I felt like this weight lift off my shoulders, it's like off to the races. And I, I thought all these other people were like expecting me to be something. And then now everyone's like, that's great, man. You're doing great. Yeah. I'm like, why, yeah. didn't you, why didn't you guys tell me this? And they're like, we did. Yeah. You just, you don't listen because you're stupid. So yeah. Refinement. Refinement. And being a slow so, burn. That's another thing, dude. Like I was hung up on age. Mm, like two. I'm like, like that too. It's bullshit, dude. It yeah. doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It's, it doesn't matter. Like, in fact, I would argue that the older you get, you get funnier, especially with humor. Like, I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, this is me at 41. (laughs) Like, I thought I was pretty attractive at 19. Now I'm like, what is this? But it's funnier. Yeah. And it just makes you got more experience to work with. Yeah. You're like, I always think in my set in my head, like if I was 14 years old right now and I was looking at me, like what would be funny to me? And then you just work from that. Yeah. And it works. That's interesting. You talk about the age thing. Cause I feel like I spent a whole year, like whole last, last year when I turned 23 thinking I was too old to do anything. How bad is that? That's terrible. That's awful. Um, 
but to deflect that little part about myself and throw it back onto you, when you had this realization, so to say, with the church, was it like, do you now find there's your core self and who you, th- who you are is different than who the characteristics of the church were asking you to be? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, my center and my core and my soul is the same as it ever was and mm-hmm. always has been and like always will be. I just, <sighs> I'm an overthinker, like a classic overthinker. Like I'm constantly, yeah. the wheels are turning and I'm also a people pleaser. So in my head, I think from like, Growing up a certain way, I thought you need to do X, Y, and Z. You need to get this job. You need to not say these words. You need to fit into this mold. Um, and, and I don't know. I just I realized, like, like I said, I mean, outside of the church, I believe in God, um, and I know what I'm here to do. And it's not the stuff I thought I was supposed to do. And that's it. Like, I just, I stopped feeling like, like thinking like a child, I feel like, and started thinking like an adult. And I realized that God gave us the ability to reason and Mm -hmm. what the church was doing. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. It's made, made no sense to me. And so then that gave me freedom to be myself. I guess it's hard to explain to somebody that maybe didn't have the upbringing that I had. Not that it was bad. My upbringing was amazing. I just, um, yeah, I always had, I always wanted to entertain people and I would have one Mm -hmm. foot in and one foot out because I thought maybe what I'm doing, like, isn't appropriate or I'm going to upset somebody, you know, I don't know if that makes, no, that makes a lot of sense. Cause I, I resonate a lot with that too. So I'm, I am a Christian and I will oftentimes record or film a joke that I think is funny and a little risky. Right. And, but then I'll, you know, I'll pull back and tone it down. And some of that is to have better judgment, I feel like. Wait, Victorville, the, Victorville. What denomination? I'm non denom. Non denom. Look at you. All right. That's yeah. dope for you. I wanted to say, I was hoping you were going to say Assembly of God because I think Victorville, uh, there's a big. They have one. They do right off the freeway. That's, I was raised. Assembly of God till I was 14 and my parents were cool enough. They were like, you can go to the non-denominational church. Nice. Yeah. In a better youth group. That's why I went. It's like the music's better. The chicks are hotter. It's true. You got it's, it's got a more uh, general range. I did go to a Baptist college though. And there was plenty of dancing. Let me tell you. <laughs> you lucky duck. No dancing allowed to the school I went to. Mm-mm. What? Where'd you go? Well, I was supposed to go to Vanguard. That's where my parents went when it was called yeah. Southern California College. No dancing allowed. Um, I went to Point Loma Nazarene University. Also, no. Oh, that's right. No dancing that's allowed. Right. And you signed the contract. But, oh, I danced. Oh, I danced. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. You only stayed there for two years, right? And then you Correct. bounced out? I did. Mm. That's true. Yes. Not a very good student. Not a good student. So you bounced out. And then you joined the Navy, but you had this little little sliver of something that I have to talk about. I think this is before. I'm trying to get the timeline right. You got an L.A. agent, and you auditioned to six commercials, and then you bounced out on that. 
why do you think you resisted that part of your your life you, when that's like you have done thing? your research you have listened to some podcasts holy toledo <laughs> uh fear fear mm. i had a i had a my dad met a agent and i had an awesome opportunity um to stay in la at I was 19 when I moved up there. I turned 20 and I just left college my freshman year. And I was like, I'm an actor. Like I went to one year of college and I'm like, this is not for me. All through high school, junior high, I did plays. I was always on the mic. I was in front, class clown, all that. And freshman year of college, I was just like, oh, this is miserable. What am I doing here? So then that yeah. opportunity presented itself. I moved to L.A., and immaturity, mm. ego, fear, stupidity. I was just like, I'm moving back home. And then I'm like, Ugh. I thought in my head at 20 years old, like the first audition you go to, you're going to get it. Because everything right. in my life up to that point had been pretty easy. I'd always been pretty successful. But now if I look back, I'm like, no, you, you, were, you were a person who quit really quickly like you had no grit you had no drive you were just like yeah so that's what happened and then it's unfortunate i i i often wonder like what if you'd stuck with it you know but but in hindsight i think if i had been successful i would have been completely out of my mind and probably burnt out and been a total screw up yeah mm. meant to be yeah that was my my next question was was what if the success you're having now happened to you then? I mean, you, you already answered it that it maybe would have crashed and burned, but do you think you would have turned out like overall the same guy? It depends. It's different. I mean, Instagram, the internet wasn't really a, a thing as much in 2000, but let's just say it was Instagram, Instafame then at yeah. 20. No, I would have been a mess. I would have been a jerk. I probably would have been an idiot and, uh, done something stupid had it been like real fame what we call real fame like on a bigger mm. level i mean we've seen how that worked <laughs> out with most people right like yeah yeah i think when you start if you start thinking about yourself all the time which people tend to do that are already entertainers they like the reaction yeah. it's not healthy mm. because then you're walking into any situation any room thinking everybody's thinking about me which that's not true. People are thinking about their own stuff. And if you start to think that way, like, I think that's how people get really twisted up. How have you switched your mindset then? What's your mindset going into different environments? I think just be excited about people and interested in others and not so interested in yourself because you're not that interesting. Like we're all the same and we all just have a different set of circumstances that we we've been through and choices that we've made and so yeah mm -hmm. and also being like dude like what would i think was a dick like i've met some people that i was stoked to meet and then they were like really not cool and that bummed me out so i remember yeah. that and i'm like if i meet somebody and they appreciate something i did that's the craziest thing ever. And I should be thankful and grateful because any sort of fame is from, is from people. And they're giving that to you temporarily, maybe for a moment, 
and it could be gone like that. You could lose mm-hmm. people's trust if they find out you're an asshole like this. And as, as things grow with podcasts and everybody having a film, a video and all that, like it's super easy to tell who the good people are and who the shitty ones are. And the shitty ones usually get hidden by their managers or their agents. Mm -hmm. And then eventually something pops up either from the past or someone catches them on camera or somebody writes something. It's just, it doesn't work anymore. And it's fun for me. I like to watch it. I'm always like, Oh, Kevin Spacey, he's an asshole. I really appreciated his acting or like there's, we could go on and on. So being older now and having just like, like a tiny weird, the worst kind of fame, like a little baby Mm. Instagram fame. Like, I'm just (laughs) like, this is awesome. And I love it. And I don't want to screw it up. And I just want to keep climbing, you know? Yeah. It's just the right amount. I've always said that, like, even in any point in the entertainment world, I never want to get to the A level. B at most, C is the dream, you know? (laughs) You maybe get one handshake a week. That'd be perfect. You know, you can make one person's week when you meet them. You know what, too? It's not like, so working as a paramedic, I've worked on a ton of sets. I worked for a company like huge movies like um batman uh with christopher nolan um i've worked on oliver stone movies yeah i've worked i was working on the biggest loser i was their set medic um nice. i shouldn't say set medic when they did stunts they would call our company um dancing with the stars i worked on and i would see how things really were and like mm. i grew up so so impressed with the movies and Hollywood and all of it and just fascinated. And then once I got there in my thirties and got to see it, I was like, I mean, this is, this is all literally lights and editing. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. it's just a bunch of people working really hard and it's not quite as exciting as I thought it was. And I really didn't have as much of a, excitement or appreciation for the actors on film or in TV that I loved growing up. Cause I'm like, they get a lot of takes. The people I started oh, to wow. have respect for were people on Broadway, people that are live on camera, people that are off yeah. the cuff. That's what I think is, that's the real gift. Like you can take any beautiful person if they're not completely just lacking a personality and teach them to present a line if you're going to take 10, 15 takes. Yeah, the sets aren't as... They, they hide all the magic, you know? Like, <laughs> it's not as, as pretty as we see it to be, which is for better or for worse. You know, sometimes the ignorance is beautiful when I'm watching TV and I'm not trying to think of anything. But on the flip side, like you're saying, it's not as glamorous. But you do, know, you, are, do you side. think it's awesome that things are changing? That it's like, do it yourself? That like Yeah, I am. I'm actually I'm really happy about it. And I'm also really happy that even cell phones themselves can now shoot in 4K. So like a lot of the skillful cinematographers and filmmakers that we had that didn't have the equipment or means usually probably have a friend that have a 4K shooting cell phone, you know? And right. if you got the right guy and the right script and 
you can still make something crazy good. So yeah, I'm crazy super good. excited. About and that's, it. what's fun to see like what's coming next. And it's always a mix of like, like you look at Tom Curran and channel Island surfboards, the right surfer, the right brand, the right place, the right time. You can get the same thing with a kid with a cell phone who has the funny kid in high school and they just make something one of a kind and magic. You know, that's, I love that. And they can yeah. be, they can throw it on YouTube and it can get 10 million views. Yeah. And that's something to say too, that you mentioned that high school, high schoolers would do that. Cause as we get older, it's a weird world where like creativity is only appreciated once it hits a certain level. You know what I mean? Like if you make something that you put your heart and soul into, but only like 10 people watch it, whether it's great or not, it's like, oh man, you really spent all that time on that. But if you do the exact same thing and 100,000 people watch it, people are like, oh, that is cool. It's like a weird level of creativity and respect. Yeah. I, you know what though, dude, I'm going to argue with you on that one because numbers, numbers to me don't like mean anything. You can go on YouTube and I see some of the, the families that do like, Hey, we're the Carsons. Here's our kid, Tommy and our, and our daughter, Julie. And this is my husband. Isn't he wacky? And the, and I like to shop and they just, they have millions of followers and I'm like, Oh, this is trash. This is dog shit. But then again, we always go back to what, what is it? Creed sold 15 million albums. Like there's an audience for everything. And a lot of times the worst stuff, like there's a lot of like people that are sitting at home going, no, that's, that's good stuff, but it's not like to me, but then again, it's all subjective. You know? Yeah. So I I agree. That's that's the point I'm making. The society will push stuff up. Even if it's like, if the masses think it's great, even if it's not, it's, it's crazy. If it's, so I'm, I'm on the exact same level with you, but at the same time, Man, boy, is it frustrating <laughs> for what you're saying when you get the kooky families that are milking kids' parents' credit cards, you know? Like, I have to buy my kid a thir- $45 merch six times, for, and it's all just milking this weird no. profit system. The exploiting and your art. family, too, the exploiting the cuteness of your children for likes or views, that shit drives me insane. Because I assure you, I have the most perfect, beautiful, cutest children <laughs> ever, but I would never exploit their childhood for money for or for likes yeah. or for views because that's theirs and they don't need to be a part of their dad's crazy world. Like, so that shit drives me nuts. Sorry, but it does. Yeah, and it's and it's all temporary. A lot of those very temporary things, you know? and who knows and like, the effect on yeah. your kid yeah exactly <laughs> is long term i will say that is something i should note you've done a fantastic job of keeping your private life your private life like researching you you've probably been one of the hardest guests to research because of it in a great way like i think that's an awesome thing like what so what makes that so important to you i mean you touched on it a little bit but is there uh, nothing other than like like I love an open, honest book. I love a person that's open and honest, but I also love mystery. Like, like I want to meet you in the flesh and have a conversation with you about who mm-hmm. you are and where you came from and do it face to face 
not through a screen, not anything like that. That's why I've kept my politics out, my my religious beliefs, because I think that's something that if it comes up organically, face to face in person, beautiful. But when you try to communicate it through this stuff, it just gets too hot and people get too like, it never comes yeah. out right, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's uh, opinions can be dicey. That's that's it, you know, oh. and they can be taken out of context. And I, you know, you'll hate somebody's quote, and then you'll meet them in person, like you're saying, and you'll be like, "You're a cool guy, dude." Have like, you noticed? I, have you noticed the past few weeks? Like, like I feel like I can breathe again. Like the politics, people aren't like talking about it twenty four seven. Like I'm like, oh, it just sort of. A big relief. Took a breather for a second. I'm like, well, that's nice. That's yeah, nice. I agree. And the thing with for me is like, I can't let my views be bigger than my love for people, right? Like, at the end of the day, my opinion shouldn't be what gets in between me making a relationship with somebody, you know? Like, Amen. that's tough. Absolutely. 100%. Yep. Tough, tough, tough. All right. I got a question for you. So you, after you went to college, right? And after you had your thing in acting and then you went to the Navy, but after that, let's see if I'm right here. You try to become a cop and also a fireman. And my, my take is your dad was a cop. So was there something that was important to you to follow in your father's footsteps? Absolutely. And my, my grandfather was a fire captain. My uncle was a fire chief. So all the men in my life from the time I'm, from the time I can remember from three years old, they, they all have mustaches like this and they all have like, I'm fighting a fire. I'm pointing a gun at somebody. I'm taking them to jail. I'm driving fast cars. But they were all like, that's what I looked at, and I was like, mm -hmm. that's a man. And for some reason, even though I'm singing and dancing in high school and like doing all this mm -hmm. stuff, that's still stuck in my brain. Like, that's the direction you need to go because if you get a good government job, you don't have to worry about insurance, you don't have to worry about a paycheck, and you get a fat pension at the end of your. 30 years or 25 years and you have a nice retirement. Yeah. So I saw this and I thought, that's good. That's good. Like that's the direction I need to go. And I'm the only boy. So, and I'm the only one that can carry on my name, my family name, Freeman. I'm like the last lineage, mm -hmm. right? Or I was, I had two boys. Thank you very much. <laughs> nice. The, the name carries on, but, um, <laughs> so that's that's what I thought. So in my head, I'm like, I should be a cop. And then very quickly, I was like, you don't want to be. A cop. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is a tough job. It's a tough gig. Yeah. Oof, it is a tough gig for sure. Um, man, I, this is where I think. Things really start to happen after those two career choices you became a janitor and i th i feel like oh I, I yeah mean, i'm sorry i didn't mention occurred. that and and a two-time failed fireman got fired <laughs> twice 
hired and fired twice by two separate fire departments. And, uh, yeah. And then, then we get to, into the janitorial services. Was it humbling? Absolutely. Best thing that ever happened yeah. to me. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. In what ways? To be alone with my own thoughts, working by myself, night after night, alone, listening to podcasts like you're doing right now, listening to two mm. people talking about real things, about life, you know, two men just talking. I would listen over and over and I was alone and I would, I would go through everything. I would think about good times, the bad times. What do I really want to do with my life? Am I doing what I really want to do with my life? No, I'm not. So how am I going to do, what am I going to do? How am I going to do comedy? Yeah. You want to be a comedian. How are you going to be a comedian, John? You're 37 years old at the time. Mm. What are you going to do? You're, you're mopping a school floor. You're, you're picking up trash. You're cleaning up vomit. Um, mm. You're sad. You're depressed. You thought you were going to be cool guy, fireman, surfer guy, you know? So what are you, what are you going to do? And then I realized like, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do what I'm put on this earth to do. I would see this mm -hmm. thing every single night in this one second grade class. And it was on the wall. It was a poster. And it mm -hmm. said, act now, love all. And I would think to myself, all right, act now, love everybody. That's it. Like, do it now. And so what are you going to yeah. do? And I thought I wanted to be a stand-up comic at mm -hmm. the time because I had done some stand-up before. But then I thought in my head, I'm like, to, to really, really get good at stand-up takes about a decade. Yeah. It takes about 10 years. And I'm like, I can't go out every night to open mics. I have a wife and kids. Mm -hmm. So how can you bypass – how can you get to the widest audience possible in the quickest way because you're 37? And I'm like, it's on the internet. It's either YouTube or Instagram. And so I just started making videos of myself as a janitor in a school and mm -hmm. putting them out there. And they, I thought they were hilarious. And like, some of my friends were like, dude, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't, I don't give a shit anymore. Like, yeah, look at me. Like I was, I'm just, I just want to make people laugh. Like I never thought I'd be an elementary school janitor. Yeah. So I did that. And, um, Ever since I, again, like ever since I just started like being myself and who I was, like good things have happened. That's yeah. all I, that's all I can say, dude. And I would listen and it's freaky and it's awesome. Like if we can talk like off air, like if off air, I don't even know, but like yeah. I could tell you stuff, people I've talked to that you would go, what? Like. People that are very, very <laughs> famous, I've had conversations with, and they have just been like, this is it. You just got to be yourself. Yeah. Lose, lose, stop being self-conscious. Go towards what you know is right. And that's it, man. You were put here for a purpose, and your job is to do the, the thing that only you can do. And that's it.
And it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what your capabilities are. Like, you know, you know what you, you're good at. Some people are great at cooking. Some people are great moms. Some people are great dads. Some people are mechanics. Some people are good speakers. Some people are funny. Some people aren't funny. And that's okay. Some people are good writers. You know, like, I think so much of the world's struggle and strife and pain is because people are like doing stuff they shouldn't be doing. And they're just, they're, they're tweaked. Like getting in your car every day and sitting in traffic where you're just like, like I sat in traffic last week Mm -hmm. after spending an entire day doing something I loved. And you know what? When I was sitting in traffic, I didn't give a shit because (laughs) I made money doing what I loved and I was laughing. So if you are doing that, you're stoked. But, but the thing I kept thinking was, how do I get there? How do I get from here to here? You know, and you just start, you just take a step and that's it. And, and stuff happens, dude. It's not, it's not the secret. It's not the power of positive thinking. It's none of this. It is simply you doing what you're good at, enjoying yourself, and then making the correct adjustments as you go along the way and relationships. Everybody you meet, you, the person I'm talking to right now, you could become the biggest, craziest, successful person ever. And if we have a good relationship with each other, that might be mutually beneficial. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. You never know. Yeah. You never know. And I listen to a lot of different podcasts, like I said. And you never know who the next Jimmy Kimmel is, Adam Carolla. Um, name any person that is somebody. They are just a person. And you don't know who you're talking to every day. And if we have a bad experience with each other, you could go, that guy's a jerk. I want nothing to do with them. I remember all the bullies. I remember all the jerks. There's plenty of people that I want nothing to do with. So relationships, that's, that's the key. Nobody wants to work with somebody that, that sucks. That's a fact. I mean, I feel like we've all experienced somebody that we worked with that sucks. Why do you think people hesitate or don't take those first steps to begin with? Fear. Fear. Because all the things that are designed by society to keep you comfortable, they work. Getting a steady Mm -hmm. paycheck, having health insurance. Do you know how scary it is not to have health insurance? If you have a, a wife and kids, you have a kid that needs braces. All of this stuff is designed so that you wake up to get to your job at nine in the morning, you leave at five, you get your two days a week, Saturday and Sunday off, you have your vacations. It works and there's nothing wrong with it. But if you are a person who feels deep in your soul or there's a fire in your belly that you were put here to do something more, then you look at these things and you go, it makes you feel like, like you're in a cage, you know, and you, you want to get out and do more. And I'm sorry, I'm losing track. What was the question? (laughs) No, you're killing it. Nah, I'll do. I'll give you a follow up question. Okay, so with your new found growth in everything that you're doing, with Instagram getting 
to know more people, getting more opportunities to do the thing that you love. Yeah. What's your What's your biggest fear when it comes to all of this new newfound stuff? Be, being an asshole. Really? Yeah. Seriously, man. Like, cause like, it's weird. Like, it's not real. It's just like I turned on my phone and made some jokes, and then people recognize you. And I like that. I like it. I'm not going to lie. Like it feels good. But if I see somebody and I'm having a bad day or like Mm. I overthink in my head, like, was I nice enough to that person? Did we have a good interaction or like, did I come off as a jerk? Like, because when you make somebody smile and you make somebody happy, that's what they're thinking. They're like, then they see your face and they're like, they've never met you. And they're like, that person makes me happy. So if I'm then yeah. like just caught up in my head because I, I surfed bad or I did something and I'm kind of like, oh, hey, you know, like mm-hmm. I hope I didn't come across as a dick. But then on the other hand, if I'm like over the top and act too weird, I'm trying to figure out what like. Not, I don't know. That's where I'm, I'm at right now. I'm like, I love it, dude. Like the first time I got recognized, I was over the moon. And now I'm no like, way. now I'm like thinking about like, am I being, am I being cool? Do I come across as a dork? I always think about myself mm. as like, if I was 14, 15 and I was looking at the shit I'm looking at, looking at me. And then I ran into me like, mm-hmm. would I be cool? I hope I'm doing an yeah. okay job. I don't know. Damn, this shit just I'm got sh- real. Shouldn't have had the <laughs> Firestone Luponic distortions. I'm glad you did. It's so worth it. Do you? F- Here's a question I have for like, because this happens with me. Sometimes with the podcast, sometimes there's just mostly things comedy related, where I have to feel like I'm on. You know what I mean? Do you feel like you have to be on all the time? Yeah, yeah, I do, and not as much now. Like, um. When I was a kid, like I was always on, like I didn't have an off switch. And then as I got older, I realized, you know what, like the good stuff, it just comes from being honest. Like you don't always have to be on, you don't have Mm -hmm. to, you can be dark, be sad and still be very, very funny. Like (laughs) it, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Like it can switch and it can flow. I think where humor comes from is it's always three things. It's either surprised, like I'm surprised that you said something. It's relatable. I'm like, ah, like I know what he's talking about. Or it's misdirection. You take somebody another direction. So your tone, inflection, your face, it doesn't necessarily have to be high energy. It can be low. It's really about recognizing who your audience is and who's around you. Cause I've screwed it up huge. Like I've with humor, like I've said stuff before, like doing stand up. that really teaches mm-hmm. me that. Like where you're like, oh, you thought you read the room, right? And you were <laughs> totally off. And that's, it's kind of fun. Like you're like, Oh, that's what it really is. It's this, it's an interaction yeah. between souls and energies and, people that are really, really good with other people that are humorous, they have this like 
they really read other people very well and the the environment. Mm -hmm. That's a good point because they I, they do often say that the best dramatic actors are people that are funny because I I don't, I don't know what the real reason is, but I imagine a lot of it has to do is like comedy is pretty vulnerable if you think about it like a lot of the times it's masking all of the dark stuff that's happened or it's a way to cope with things that have happened that are traumatic or you're just making light of things and it's yeah it's your life you it's still you that's funny people always say that about the like it's masking the horrible stuff and i'm still trying not always no not always i'm trying to figure that one out because i've definitely had horrific things happen in my life but i'm like when I was young, I think I was way funnier. That's something I always go back yeah. to, too. I'm like, you have certain days where you feel really funny. And like, I just want mm -hmm. more of those days. I want more of those moments. Yeah. Like, and I feel like as I'm getting older, there's less and less. But maybe that's just, I'm overthinking it. But when I was younger, dude, but maybe that's just because you feel better. When you're yeah. 14, 15, your, your hormones are crazy and you're like... And you're full yeah. of energy. That's probably what it is. I thought I was hilarious. I probably was annoying much of the time, but I, I thought I killed. <laughs> I think it might be, at least for me, I, I feel like it's probably there's less on my mind. Like when I'm clear headed, I think that's probably when I'm, that's not always true either. Like I feel like it's both sides. If there's a lot of my mind and I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Everybody's getting it today and I'm going to be, <laughs> everybody's getting zingers. Or if there's nothing on my mind, you know, and then I could be carefree and like not self-conscious about any of the jokes and I just let them fly. It's like two, two different sides of those coins. Do you meditate? I, I do. I try to. Really? Like every day? Yeah. Uh, last month it was almost every day. Wow. This month it's, well, I guess today's December 1st, but not I'm not as good as about it as I should be. It's it's in seasons. It's on and off. Now, in the seasons where you're you're doing a lot, did it help? It helps me. Yeah. Cuz yeah. I'm I maybe by nature like fill my time up in like being busy makes me feel good. I get value from whether it's real produ productivity or placebo productivity. Busyness makes me feel good. So I'll clutter everything up. But taking the time to like process what's actually happening is yeah. very helpful. It's so weird how we're all wired so differently. And that's that's something I think that like as I get older, I'm like every single person I come in contact with, I'm like whatever they're totally wired differently and their internal struggles and like view of life, everything's totally different than mine. And for my whole much of my life. I literally thought everyone viewed the world the way I did, which is so absurd and so stupid. Like I am the, I think I am the classic, like smart, dumb guy. I say stuff like 10 times a year to my wife where she's like, it, you didn't know that? That's common knowledge. That's <laughs> basic. And I'm like, yeah, I missed it. I was watching, I was watching the A-team. I, I didn't. I didn't yeah, watch. Yeah. I didn't watch uh, Sesame Street. I, I I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Why do you? Are you different in that way? Do you? Are you aloof? Aloof. Aloof. I think I'm like just like a happy-go-lucky dude who wants to go surf and have fun and make people laugh and like I think really deep thoughts, but I miss a lot of like 
really basic stuff. My wife the other day literally was like, you don't know how to tie a knot. We were tying. Yeah. I'm like, you don't think I know how to tie a knot? It was for a pinata for my kid's birthday. But that's the level of distrust she has in me. She was like, maybe we should find another male in the neighborhood to tie oh, no. a knot. I'm like, you just. I could tie the knot. It's a knot. <laughs> but these are my own. You went to you went to fire academy, man. Yeah. You're you're not not central. I want to tell you something though. You would okay. be amazed at my level of uh, being able to bullshit mm. through things. You can get through so much with charm, a smile, mm-hmm. and misdirection. Eventually, they'll catch on to you. They'll be like, there'll be a moment where they're like, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. But for a while, you can be all right just by making them laugh. That's Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, they'll see that you suck at what you're doing. I don't think you believe you've done most of your accomplishments that way, though. Right? I think. Yeah. It... Yeah. Not. Not. I, I kind of do. Not. Not this stuff. Not when I started actually like being open and honest. None of that. But all the other stuff. Yeah. Like no job. Dude, if I give you the list of jobs I've had, I've had so many jobs. And not once has like my employer come to me and be like, John, we think you're management material. Like, and I look yeah. back and I'm like, why have they never done that? I'm like, oh, well, because <laughs> it was obvious that you were just, you were showing up and you were like, you do the bare minimum, you know? Yeah. You're doing your thing. Doing your thing. Yeah. John, I'm going to say some nice words about you and then we're going to lead into the final question of the pod. Yes. John, I think you're great. I think you're hilarious. I think you got a heart of gold and I really appreciate the positive impact you're having on your community specifically, your audience as a whole. You're through your humor, you're teaching them in a way to be kinder to each other, to be more respectful, to think more about the impact they have on others every time they go out, whether that's in the water or just in general. So I really appreciate everything that you're doing. Well, you know what? Honestly, I'm going to I'm going to tell you the truth. I appreciate that you've noticed that. I think you're the first one that said that, and that's what I'm trying to do to be honest. I everything I do is like it doesn't come from a place of hate. It's all just silly and I want people to be nicer to other people and to be more loving and to be more caring. So thank you for saying that and seeing that. I appreciate it. Absolutely. The final question is, what's the best advice you've ever given one of your kids? (laughs) Best (laughs) advice I've given one of my kids. It doesn't matter what other people think. You're good enough just the way God made you. And whatever you do, wherever you go, I'm going to love you no matter what. And be yourself at all costs and question everything. That's it. Love it. John, where can we connect with you? How can the people find you on the internet? What's good? I, I, uh, I need to branch out and do other things, you know, on the interwebs. But right now, uh, I use my real name. Mm-hmm. But again, <laughs> I'm not that smart. Jonathan Wayne Freeman at Jonathan Wayne Freeman is my Instagram account. 
that's kind of the home base where if I'm doing anything, uh, anything at all, uh, when it comes to my life, that's where you can find me. And that's it. Jonathan Wayne Freeman. And I'm sorry I used all three names. It'll be in the show notes if you're <laughs> curious. And everything else that Jonathan Wayne Freeman related will be in the show notes as well. John, thank you for being on the show. Hey. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Bye. Bye. There you have it, folks. That was the episode. New podcast uploaded every Friday, 6 a.m. Grab your cup of coffee, get going, or have a slow, easy morning and listen to it later in the day. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, and subscribe on YouTube. Now, the real reason you're still here. What has wheels and flies, but it's not an aircraft? A garbage truck. (laughs) Joke was kind of (laughs) trash. Anyway, well, I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. We love you. We care about you. And I hope you have a great week. Goodbye.